All right, guys. So thanks for tuning in again today to the Docs Sportscast. Uh, we're excited to discuss a little bit of an update on the NBA playoffs. Um, <clears throat> things are very, very exciting in the NBA playoffs right now. Um, and Aurora is just so excited she could just pee her pants every game at this point. Um, you know, different heartbreak losses back and forth. Um, man, just exhaustion throughout the playoffs for all these different teams. Injury issues throughout it. I mean, this is a great playoffs. It's a great postseason to watch. Um, you know, if you're if you're a fan of the NBA, fan of the postseason, you should be a fan of this postseason for sure because the action is great. The series have been great, and I think because some top dogs and things like that, like the Lakers and stuff, uh, getting eliminated. Um, has actually made it that much more entertaining you know it makes it that much more something that you really want to watch and see these underdog teams and how they can do and who's going to actually win the title now because like all the ones that are in it are the ones you didn't expect right so anyway let's jump right into it um we'll talk about um you know some updates some of aurora's thoughts things like that uh with the series so jump right into it here <clears throat> first up the bucks nets uh played their Final game of the season or final game of the series, game seven, um, was up on Saturday night. Uh, so this is we're actually recording this Sunday night, um, during the Atlanta Hawks Philadelphia 76ers game. Um, so last night, uh, Saturday, the Bucks Nets played, and man, this was a instant classic. This game had everything, all right. They let the teams play. They made some pretty good calls both ways. You know, every now and then there were bad calls, but the bad calls happened both ways too. So it seemed to be pretty fairly uh, refereed, things like that. And there were some great matchups, some guys that stepped up at the right times. I mean, just really an instant classic. This is a game that will be forever a great game. Um, and everybody should love to go back and watch it. You know, it wasn't just Giannis up against Durant. You had Blake Griffin up against Giannis. Then you had, you know, James Harden. He he would have his spurts. You had, um, you know, Middleton and Drew Holiday every now and then stepping up when they needed to. Pat Connaughton hit some threes. So <clears throat> really, really great game. Uh, if you guys did not get to see it, go back and rewatch it. Like that's just a game that you're gonna love to watch. What happens, right? I, I love going back and watching the old Detroit Pistons series when they beat the Lakers for the championship. Like this is one of those where it's like, you know what? You're gonna love watching this because it's really good basketball. Now there was sloppiness on both ends, um, on both sides, but man, there was some pure sharp basketball as well um so it was really interesting mix of some sloppy play mixed with some great play which you don't really see most of the time but that's really interesting so durant went for 48 9 and 6 james harden put up 22 okay <laughs> now if you're gonna sit and tell me kd put up 48 points 48 points right w what are you gonna say okay well they won the game right well Man, they didn't, guys. This game went into overtime, okay, based on a Kevin Durant jump shot that was just picture perfect. I mean, it's an impossible shot to guard. There's no way he should have had a chance to make that shot. It was great defense, and he still knocked it down. Now, his foot, his toe was just barely on the line, guys, barely on the line. And if it was one inch further back, if it was a centimeter further back that would have been a three and the game would have been over 
But nope, tied it up, went to overtime. Great shot by Kevin Durant. Um, and then, man, in overtime, it was it was insane. Both teams, so to end the fourth quarter, both teams were, were firing on all cylinders. You know, Drew Holiday was hitting shots. You know, everybody was hitting shots, going back and forth. Kevin Durant was hitting shots. James Harden was hitting things. And then all of a sudden, we get to overtime, and nobody can make a shot to save their life, right? I mean, you know, it was interesting because the Nets only made two shots or one shot. You know, they only made one jump shot. Um, and then Milwaukee only made two. Milwaukee only made two guys in that in that overtime. Uh, I believe. I mean, that might have been a couple free throws actually. So um, very very poor shooting in the overtime. But man, it's because these guys were exhausted. All right, and I got to give a lot of props to these players out in that series because so many times we see these guys on these teams that are just bought, you know, and it's, oh, it's a big three, okay, and okay, tonight's your night, okay, tonight's your night, and they're not going all out. Look, Kevin Durant and Giannis Antetokounmpo throughout this series <laughs> gave it their all. Seriously, this was like watching, you know, Michael Jordan play in a series because at the end of a series, you're exhausted. You are drained because you played the entire series. And yeah, it was less likely that you would have your legs and be able to hit shots at the end of games. You know, people go nuts because, oh, LeBron's so clutch in the fourth quarter and, you know, this guy's so clutch in the fourth quarter. Well, you know what? He he didn't really play the entire game. He took off on tons of series. He just gave it to his other star and said, hey, go create while I take a break over here in the corner. You know, that did not happen for these guys. These guys were involved. They were highly, highly used throughout every single possession they were on the court. I mean, they were continuously playing on offense and defense. I mean, it was it was picture perfect. It was exactly what you wanted to see. Um, I, I give a lot of props to Kevin Durant and Giannis Santacumpo for putting out the effort and energy that they did the entire series. Um, again, they were both exhausted, and they should have been, and that's how it's supposed to be. You, you're supposed to not want to go to a Game 7 because you're going to be tired. You're going to be worn out for the next series. You know what? That happened in this situation because they didn't take a night off. And I'm so excited for that. I'm very happy about it. Um, gives me a lot more respect for Kevin Durant that I was kind of losing there for a bit. Um, but it was great to see what he was able to do on his own. Um, yeah, so anyway, both were both were exhausted. You know, brought me back to thinking of the days when Michael Jordan was playing and how, you know, you you go all out all the time during the playoffs and you put everything out on the court and, you know, at the end of the series, you are, you're exhausted. So really great to see that. <clears throat> um, Giannis found his game, guys. Th this is the reason that they won. Giannis found his game, and that is get in the paint, on the block, turn and face up, all right? And do some things off the dribble. You have the athleticism, the size, and the speed to make a matchup nightmare at that point. Okay, You get a guy who's a little bit smaller on you, Kevin Durant, and what do you do? You go to the nice jump hook in the paint. Okay, You get Blake Griffin on you. What do you do? You make a couple moves. You, you, you know, beat and bang a little bit on the way to the basket and you dunk on him. You know, that is what his game should be. That's where he's going to be most dangerous. And we saw that. Okay. Throughout the third quarter, he was really getting into that game. And then in the fourth, he started to do the same thing. Over time, he kept doing it. Yes, he, he would venture out to the, the uh, perimeter. And that's fine. You want to change up your game. But he did get in the paint 
and make things happen in there. And that was huge. Okay. That's why people started getting open. That's why when people would drive, now you've got everybody in rhythm. You've got people not knowing what's going on because it's not just a simple, oh, you know, Giannis is just going to take the ball and try and pile through somebody, you know, plow through someone. He didn't do that. And so I'm very excited about that. I'm very happy to see that growth in Game 7 because uh, literally he, he grew from Game 6 to Game 7 because of the way he played. I'm very excited about that. Very excited to see what he continues to do. Um throughout his growth in these playoffs okay <clears throat> James Harden was definitely uncomfortable though guys uh, if you watch the game you watched him in the post-game interview he was definitely frustrated um, you know it wasn't that he was in pain it was just that he couldn't move right there was so much discomfort when it came to moving and getting up and down the court you know he wasn't even upset with his play it was just the fact that he wanted to do more but he physically couldn't so you know I give him a lot of props going out there playing uh, really got a lot of respect for him for doing that because typically he wasn't showing that type of effort when he was at these teams where you know he was he was carrying the load the entire game and he was just exhausted after every single game. So I am very happy to see that he tried to tough it out and do what he did. And he did a great job. He really did. Um, so a lot of great credit to them. I became more of a Nets fan because I really was against them uh, because they're a bought team, right? <clears throat> but uh, they showed me a lot of heart. Okay, I think when Kyrie Irving left um, the series, that that's what was shown. The heart came out in the series because Kyrie left the game. It wasn't just finesse. It wasn't just you know, oh, you know, you go one on one, you go one on one. No, it was it was heart. It was hard shots. It was difficult shots. It was being tough, playing physical, and really liked to see that. So I got a lot of admiration for the Nets in this series. So really great job by them, um, and congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. Really fantastic job, and we will see who they end up playing. Uh, because as of right now, it is 64-63 with the Atlanta Hawks up one point um, over the Philadelphia 76ers being played in Philadelphia. I believe Philadelphia is going to come back and win this game. I mean, come back, it's only a one-point game, but I believe Philadelphia will end up winning this game. That's just my opinion. Um, but we'll see how it continues to track as it goes on. We'll make some updates throughout the episode. So, moving on. Great, fantastic series. Awesome job by everybody. Oh, the one thing I do want to note, though, is Kevin Durant's mom was sitting there and jawing at <clears throat> P.J. Tucker for a hard foul that he gave to her son, Kevin Durant. Here's the thing, guys. <clears throat> I'm not, like, criticizing her. I'm not saying that like, she was in the wrong or anything like that. But I applaud her. I mean, she she's a mom. She's a dedicated fan. She's out there sticking up for her son. And I applaud P.J. Tucker because what he did was laughed it off. He didn't jaw back at her. He didn't make a big thing of it. He was professional about it, and I appreciate that he was willing to do that. Um, but when you think about that, think back to what happened with John Morant's mother, uh, John Morant's parents, when they were in the crowd and they were getting, you know, obviously it, was, it went too far with some some racial things being said to them. However, this is the atmosphere. If you are <coughs> at home. What are you going to do? You're going to be heckling those players. You're going to be jawing at them. You're going to be giving them the business, right? Well, guess what? If you're on the road, those fans are going to do the same to you. 
I'm just saying you need to expect that. You need to expect that to happen. Now, yes, obviously, things don't need to get racial and stuff like that. That's too far. But you do need to understand and expect that it's going to be a hostile environment. Uh, but I appreciate both of them the way they handled this. She stuck up for her son. She didn't continue to make a big scene out of it and make it about her, which I applaud because uh, there's a lot of mothers out there in the NBA that do that. And I think she's wonderful, fantastic mother. Done a great job raising Kevin Durant. He's a class act. Um, and then, you know, the fact that P.J. Tucker, you know, he, he didn't make a scene of it either. You know, it was just, you know, he laughed about it. He laughed on with it and, and you know, let her keep going. And, and that's great. He was professional about it. So I feel really good about that. <coughs> uh, sorry about that side note. Anyway, now moving on to the Suns Clippers, right? So the Suns Clippers, man, the Clippers ended up beating the Jazz. Um, and... It was a little surprising uh, for me. It was a little surprising for me. But I think uh, bringing Mike Conley back the way they did and only playing a certain portion of the game uh, definitely changed the flow of it. And I think it definitely hurt the Jazz in that game. I think that was a bad move, actually. They should have just kept playing with what they had. Um, But regardless, Clippers-Suns game one happened last night as well. Okay. Now, um, or actually, actually happened earlier today. Sorry about that. I'm getting all mixed up. So Clipper Suns happened earlier today. Um, well, to, you know, Sunday. Um, again, this is going to be on Monday, but we are recording Sunday night. So this was a great game, guys. It really was. It was a great game. Uh, it was back and forth through most of the quarters. Then when you get into the fourth, you know what? The Suns really kind of, Suns really kind of took control there. Um, and yeah, they ended up getting the win. So um, very happy about the Suns. Um, getting that win, I think that um, it just makes a lot of sense that they would end up pulling out that win there. If you look at it, <coughs> the primary score for the Suns was on the court, Devin Booker. The primary score for the Clippers was not on the court. Now, they did have a really great score, a really great player who got them to this point. Um, that was Paul George. But it's a little bit different of a story, right? It's a little bit different of a story when you're missing a... Chris Paul, who, you know, let's face it, he's past his prime, as opposed to Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, sorry about that, who is still in his prime. So it's a little bit different of a story, I get it, um, but the Suns, if you paid attention, and, you know, over the last few episodes, we've been saying this, our favorite at this point, and it's been this way for the last few episodes, is that the Suns are going to end up winning the NBA championship. Now, I'm still going to stick by that, even though I saw some fight and some toughness from the Milwaukee Bucks that I did not expect to see. Um, I still am going to stick by that. Um, you know, I just I just think the Suns have a lot going for them. You know, this game was Devin Booker's first career triple, triple double, okay? He had 40 points. 13 rebounds, 11 assists, okay? And only two turnovers. Are you kidding me? Only two turnovers? Come on. That's insane. Guy played amazing. Lights out basketball, okay? So super excited about that. Um, I think he's going to continue to play very well, especially when Chris Paul comes back, all right? But on the other end, you know, you look at it, man, it is It's tough. It's tough because... You had Paul George come out 34 points. Reggie Jackson give you 24. Um, And then, man, they didn't really get a lot of help. Their next leading scorer was DeMarcus Cousins, who only played 13 minutes. I mean, 
the let's face it guys the reason that they got here the reason that the clippers made it to where they are right now is because their role players stepped up and played well here's the thing they might be showing me that that's a fluke because after paul george and reggie jackson nicholas batum had five terrence mann had nine marcus morris had six and then Rajon Rondo had 8, DeMarcus Cousins 11, Zubox had 9, Patrick Beverly 2, and Luke Kennard had 6. <clears throat> Guys, that's not going to cut it. That is not going to cut it. They need at least, at least 3 other guys <clears throat> to finish in double figures if Kawhi is not in the game. They need at least 3 other guys to finish in double figures um, to win the game. And it just didn't happen, you know? Um... So it's tough. It's tough because you want to see both teams at full strength. But you know what? Kawhi's not in there, and they just didn't have it. They just didn't have enough firepower. Um, now, it stayed close. It was only a six-point win for the Suns. But I do think that over time, that's going to expand. Okay? Clippers may come back, you know, get maybe one win here. Um, you know, may maybe the next game, maybe the game after, they might get a win. But if Chris Paul comes back, he looks healthy. It's just going to hurt them that much more. So, um, you know, outstanding game by Devin Booker. Let's give him props. And and Paul George played really well also. Um, you know, 34 points is nothing to, nothing to sneeze at. But, um, <clears throat> you know, this will be a great matchup. Don't get me wrong. This will be a great matchup. However, from an inside standpoint, um, you know, DeAndre Ayton's going to get going. He's going to get a rhythm. You know, he played pretty dang well in this game. He had 20 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, only 1 turnover. And that's really all you need from him in this type of series. Now, in the finals, you'll probably need more from him if they go there. But really good play by him. And, you know, the role players really kind of stepped up too. Again, look at it. No one else outside of 3 players for the Clippers was in double figures. For the Suns... You had one, two, three, four, five, six. You had six guys in double figures. There you go. That's a winning recipe. Everybody's involved. Everybody's making plays. It just helps the synergy of the game flow. And there you go. You're going to end up winning the game. So um, I think that's going to be kind of the way this series goes. If there's any team right now um, that, you know, in the rest of the playoffs that's still in contention, that could just flop and do really badly it's it's going to be the clippers they could just fall apart and it's it's no one's fault it's just the fact that they only have one star right now that's there and the other guys around him they have to step up and play better than they typically play and that's hard to expect it's just really hard to expect from a lot of those guys so um again i think and aurora is in agreement. We believe the Suns will end up winning this game. She actually tried to pay tribute to them today by going and sitting and lounging in the sun, um, which, those of you who don't know, she loves this thing called lazy legs, where she just lays her back legs out and just lays out in the sun. So she uh, did that quite a bit today um, out there kind of baking. But, um, yeah, I think the Suns are going to win this. Um, I think they're going to end up winning the championship. But we'll see what happens. Maybe something happens with Kawhi. I highly doubt it because that injury is not something you want to you want to mess around with, um, especially when next season's starting a bit sooner. Um, you know, based on where COVID's pushed everything. But when Chris Paul comes back, 
the Suns will end up winning games even easier. So I really just don't think there's a lot of opportunity for the Clippers here. Uh, we'll see, though. We'll see, though. I mean, hopefully it's a good series. I would like to see it be a good series. I'd like to see it go, you know, six games. But it, it may go four. It may go five. Um, who knows? So, yeah, anyway, moving on from the NBA playoffs update right now. Um, and we will talk about something in the NFL, okay? So Alvin Kamara, who you guys, uh, if you're not aware, he is the uh, starting running back for the New Orleans Saints. Um, he was a beast last year, played amazing football, won a lot of people some leagues uh, in fantasy. Um, Alvin Kamara came out and talked about how he is um, advising uh, NASCAR. So he's advising NAS with NASCAR a bit on how they should like regain fans and, and things like that. So guys, I, I have some issues with this and you know, here's the thing. It's, this is just a rundown of stuff. You know, some people are going to be like, Oh, this isn't a big deal. Why are you making it a big deal? Look, I do think this is a big deal. I am worried about this because of the fact that Alvin Kamara plays for a team that he needs to be the number one guy this year. He needs to be focused and dialed in, right? And he has come out actively complaining about playing more games this year, okay? So the NFL added a regular season game to the schedule this year, which I think all of us fans are super excited about that. We're very happy with it. But there are a lot of players who are concerned about it. There are a lot of players like Alvin Kamara who have talked about how they should probably get to rest one game because it's too hard on their body. It's too much for them. Okay, look, here's the thing. If it's too much for you, that's what you come out and said that, oh, that's too much. It's too hard on me. I don't know if I can deal with that. All right, fine. So if you're going to sit there and come up with that and say that, now you're sitting there saying that you're advising NASCAR and you tell your coach that you have a second, you have two jobs now. I am very concerned about this if I am a uh, New Orleans Saints fan. And again, a lot of people will say, oh, there's not much to that. It's not a big deal. But I think that it is because from a mentality standpoint, what is he doing? He is sitting there and he is not focusing. He's not focusing on what he needs to be focused on. If he's going to be the lead guy, he's going to be the main featured person in the offense which arguably he has been that the last couple years but Drew Brees has been there and so the passing offense and Michael Thomas was featured really heavily you know that's that's changing somewhat with um you know Drew Brees's departure and so Kamara may be featured even more I want someone who's dialed in I want someone who is focused and who is putting in the preparation that Drew Brees put in okay not someone who's Who's sitting there? Like, why? Why do you guys not see Drew Brees do Peyton Manning commercials? Why do you not see Drew Brees out there, you know, doing all these various commercials and things like that in his career? You might see him do some of those things now, but he didn't do that. You want to know why? It's because he was focused. Okay, it's like LeBron James in the NBA. LeBron James will sit there and do commercial after commercial. He'll appear in a movie, Space Jam. And people want to sit and say, oh, well, man, I can't understand how the Lakers lost in the in the playoffs in the first round. I can't understand why that happened. Okay, well, this is uh, the first time that LeBron James was in a major motion picture 
um, and filming it throughout the season and things. So you really can't understand that because I think their focus is not in the right place. And that's where your problem's coming out, okay? So this is the same thing with Alvin Kamara. He is not focused right now. And granted, it's just minicamp, things like that. Okay, he's got some time to, to really start thinking about things. So that's absolutely fine. But when it comes to the season, you better cut this NASCAR crap out, man. You better cut it out, seriously. And if I'm the team, I'm, I'm not going to let you go to a racetrack. I'm going to tell you you can't go to a racetrack and, and whatever. Because like you need to be focused and you need to be dialed in on what you're doing. You need to be focused on your job and what's going on with it. So... Man, I, I just I just do worry about this. And again, I know a lot of people is going to say it's not a big deal. We don't need to worry about that. <coughs> but man, I, I've i got close friends of mine that are, are Saints fans. And I'm telling you, I would be worried if I was them. Because I do not think this um, bodes well for preparation for the upcoming season. So, huh, moving past Alvin Kamara... Uh, another thing on the lineup here is um, actually Kyrie Irving, guys. So um, Kyrie Irving, again, we just talked about earlier in the podcast about the amazing basketball game that went into overtime between the Bucks and the Nets. Well, one thing that I continued to see in game six and during last night's game, um, Saturday's game between the Bucks and Nets, game seven, <clears throat> is Kyrie Irving sitting on the sideline. Here's the problem I have with Kyrie Irving sitting on the sideline. Kyrie Irving had a press conference, and we talked about it on an episode <clears throat> a little while back. He had a press conference where he wasn't going to answer anyone's questions, where he didn't care about basketball, where basketball was the furthest from his mind, where there were so many other things that's more important, and he, could care, he couldn't care less about basketball here's the thing guys he sat there and said this sure he made headlines you know he had everybody talking about him on ESPN the next day so that's all good right but then he gets hurt he's out in game six and game seven and what's he doing where is he at guys he's on the sideline He's on the sideline, okay? I think uh, game five, two, I, I don't know. I'm mixing up games here. I think game five, six, and seven, he was sitting there on the sideline. If basketball doesn't matter to you and there's so many things more important, then why are you contradicting yourself and sitting on the sideline, Kyrie? Why are you acting like you're a good teammate now and you care about what's going on and basketball matters to you and the team winning matters to you? Why, why are you acting like that now? No, if you're going to sit there and say out in a press conference and make everything about you, you just showed us that all you wanted was attention. You just showed us that all you wanted was to make headlines. And all you wanted was to be talked about on SportsCenter. That's, that's exactly what you're doing. Because you can't play, why are you there? Why are you there? If basketball is the first thing from your mind and you don't care about it and you care about so many other things and basketball is something you just don't care about right now, why are you there watching your teammates? It just shows he wants these headlines, guys. He wants these headlines and attention. And he might sit there and say, oh, you know what? <clears throat> um, 
and he hasn't said this, but you know, he I, I'm sure his rebuttal would be, you know, well, I got to be there for my teammates. You know, I'm I'm a good teammate. I got to be there for my teammates. Of course, I'm going to be there. Okay, well, you weren't there for your teammates. You weren't there thinking about them. You weren't focused on basketball. You weren't 100% dialed in because you basically said, I don't give a crap about the game. So if you don't give a crap about the game, if I'm a teammate, I don't want you on the court. So I, I, I it's, it's frustrating, guys. It's frustrating. I am so frustrated with Kyrie. Um, I've been frustrated with Kyrie. I, I, I really think he's got some issues. I really think he's got some issues that he needs to get worked out. But, man, it, it, it's frustrating because he really contradicted himself there, um, really kind of talking out both sides of his mouth. But <clears throat> whatever. So just wanted to mention that. You know, let me know what you guys think. Um, you know, and I, there's a lot of Kyrie fans that are going to back him on, on this and say, oh, well, of course he's going to be there. He's a good teammate. But whatever, guys. I'm not talking about that. I'm not sitting there trying to deny or not or, or disprove he's a bad teammate or a good teammate. Or whatever. That's, that's not what this is about. This is about the fact that he's contradicting exactly what he said to make headlines. Okay? <clears throat> so whatever. Anyway. Okay, guys, we're going to move on past the Kyrie thing. So, Tua, Tunga Vailo, okay, moving back to the NFL real quick. He threw five interceptions in the last minicamp, okay? Now, here's the thing. Everybody's saying, well, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it doesn't matter that he threw those interceptions. It was a super rainy day. He is... Um, you know, he was struggling because of the weather, and, you know, they told him to go out there and, and let it rip, and, you know, of course, he's going to throw some interceptions when he's trying new stuff at minicamp. Okay, and most of the people um, on other podcasts and most people at ESPN and things like that, when they when they talk about it, people are like, I don't care. It's minicamp, guys. Like, I don't care. It's not a big deal. Oh, this isn't a big deal. Oh, just look over it. It's not a big deal. Guys, I'm not saying that this is a big deal <clears throat> but i am saying this is something to definitely have concern about okay and the reason i have concern about it is because the Dolphins season last year had a tale of two tapes okay the first part of the year was a great comeback story when ryan fitzpatrick became the starter early on and the team was playing amazing football, right? They were playing great football. They were winning games. They had a good defense. They had a solid offense that didn't lose them games. They played very, very well. So then what happened, guys? What happened when they were in the playoffs? They were in the playoffs at that current week. They switched and put Tua Tungavailoa in, and they benched Ryan Fitzpatrick. After being ready to make the playoffs for the first time in I don't know how many years. They were ready and in a position to make the playoffs. And what did they do? They benched the quarterback that got them to that point. And then they played Tua Tunga Vailoa. And everybody who was a Dolphins fan was saying, oh, it gives them the best chance to win, it gives them the best chance to win. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? If it gave, if it gave them the best chance to win, they would have played Tua the whole season. So the coaching staff is definitely showing you that that's not the case, for one. <clears throat> Second is you're trying to say that they were trying to tank most of the early season when the season hadn't even started. That doesn't make any sense. And the other thing is, 
guess what happened afterward? Guess what happened after <laughs> they started to a tongue of Iloa? The team started losing games. And guess what? They didn't make the playoffs. They didn't make the NFL postseason, guys. And that was directly impacted because Tua Tonga-Vailoa was the starter. And by the time they wanted to switch back and forth and put Ryan Fitzpatrick in or whatever, they, they, couldn't, win game, they couldn't win enough to get back in the playoffs. Ryan Fitzpatrick would have had them in the playoffs. And they would have had to shot, okay, because they had a good defense. And they didn't even up. They they didn't even end up in the postseason. They didn't even have a chance to show what they could do in the postseason. Guys, that's just ridiculous. If I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm pissed. I am so pissed last year at coaching, general manager. I am so pissed last year because how in the heck do you allow that to happen? How do you allow the? Uh, how do you allow a guy? who comes out and puts you in the playoffs when you were not expected to be anywhere near there <laughs> to be benched to be benched guys is ridiculous um so i i formerly worked for the miami dolphins years ago um you know back during the times of the richie incognito thing and whatnot i mean i'm worried if i'm a dolphins fan because here's the thing i don't think Tua tongue of Ilo was a great passer last year i don't think that he was a game winner last year. I don't think he made your team better last year. I think you were much better with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So if you, if that is the belief, and that is Aurora's firm belief and my firm belief, and you sit there and you see five interceptions when it's raining in Miami, guess what, guys? It's South Florida. It rains every dang day. Every day, guys. So if you're going to account for him throwing interceptions every day, it rains a little bit, guess what? He's going to throw interceptions every single week because I live down there. It rains a heck of a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's the one thing you can count for in southern Florida. That's one thing you can count for in Florida. Every day, it's going to rain a little bit. Like, seriously. So, that that's, that's crazy that people think that this is not a big deal. I think it is. Now, if this was Tom Brady, if this was, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, if this was... <coughs> Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes. All right, fine. I get it. Like, yeah, look past it. Not a big deal. But this is a guy who's not proven. This is a guy who came out last year and showed that he can't win games. He's not a game winner. All right. And they won more games by having a guy who was conservative. So I'm not excited for that. I, if I'm a Dolphins fan, I am not excited for the route they went. Yes, they're going for the flashy thing. Yes, they might have some more butts in seats to start the season. But here's the thing. I know from living in Miami, those fans are fair-weather fans. They do not care. They, you lose some games, you lose the first game of the season, nobody's coming to the second game. you got to win four or five games in a row for them to even take you seriously because those fans down there are awful. They're, they're not loyal fans down there in, in southern Florida. Now, yes, there's Miami Dolphins fans that are, are super fans, and they're great. I know some of them. They're great people, and they're, they're Miami Dolphin fans, diehards, right? But there are so many of them that they just don't care about the team when they lose one game. So I'm worried about that. I would be worried about that if I'm you, and I'm going to tell you guys right now, Tua is going to struggle. <clears throat> I don't have faith in him at being a full, well-rounded quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he might make some moves with his legs, things like that, but I do not see him being a successful passer in the league. So that's my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. You know, what do you guys think? We will see 
what happens when the season starts up. And then the last thing we'll touch on a little bit here, uh, Le'Veon Bell wanting to make sure he gets his name out there again because guess what, guys? He doesn't have a job, okay? Le'Veon Bell come out and said, you know what? I will never play for Andy Reid again. Here's the thing, Le'Veon. Who cares? Because you probably will never play for anyone again because no one wants you on their team. You are garbage now, all right? That's what you've become, because here's what happened, guys, and I will do an entire podcast talking about holdouts one day. Um, I, I will do that whenever you guys want. You tell me. I will I will do an episode about podcasts. But right now, there's a lot of other things going on, and I haven't gotten to focus on it. But here's the thing. He held out. And what did you do, Le'Veon? You held out for an entire season. You didn't play for an entire season. <clears throat> and everybody just expects, oh, you sit out for a season? Oh, yeah, you're going to come back fresh. You're going to come back ready to go. I'm sorry, guys. Look, but there's a thing called rust, and there's a thing called um, rhythm, and there's a thing called game shape, and you know having a career, and you know what? There's things called talents and stuff. You know what? Sometimes you have it, and when you lose it, you don't get it back. Okay? Here's the thing that happened with Le'Veon. The way he played, what made him a great running back was his patience. Okay? He was very patient. He read the line. He was patient to find his holes, and he did what he needed to do. <clears throat> to sit there and wait to make the right move. So then he takes a year off, and guess what? He loses that touch. He loses that skill in that patience and vision and understanding what to do, and he's never gotten it back, guys. He's never gotten it back, okay? He is garbage. He's washed up, and I would not want him on my roster. He, It, it was horrible what he ended up going to the Jets and, perform, and producing. It was absolutely atrocious. Horrible, horrible season. Um, you know, Frank Gore, I mean, probably put up similar numbers last year for, for the Jets than uh, he did the year before. So it it is it is worrisome um, that Le'Veon is this desperate to get attention in the media. Um, it's really, really worrisome because here's the thing. I don't think he's going to get a job, and I don't think he should deserve a job on a team because he has shown that he thinks he's worth more than he is. <clears throat> he's still sitting there thinking he's worth more than he is because, oh, I don't want to play for Andy Reid, a guy who's won a Super Bowl, a guy who's you know been an amazing coach, one of the best coaches in the league. I don't want to play for him. Okay, fine. You think you're too good for that? Well, guess what? You don't have a job right now, so you shouldn't think you're too good for anything. You need to be focused on how you can be better. You need to be focused on anyone that can make you better. If anyone's going to be able to do that, Andy Reid might be able to help you out with that. So listen, bro, you need to shut up. You need to go to work. You need to get better instead of taking a year off from your job and doing nothing because you apparently wanted more money. You decided to sit out a year and not get paid at all. So I don't I'm, I'm not upset by this. I'm, I'm glad that you're out of a job right now um, because it's proving that you shouldn't have done that, you know, that you made a bad choice, and that, you know, because you got a little too big for your britches, <laughs> you ended up making a stupid decision. So, um, yeah, I think it's just funny. I think it's so funny that he came out. He's that desperate to get news in the media. Um, oh, I'll never play for Andy Reid again. Okay, well, you'll probably never play for anyone again, bro. And if you do, I'd be very surprised. So, um yeah, just really, really funny instance there. We'll see what happens to Le'Veon. I mean, I'd love to see him come back and play well, but he's lost it, man. He's lost that that touch, that special thing that he had. Um, I do not believe that he will end up getting it back. So, 
that being said, guys, um, we are wrapping up uh, this episode. What did you guys think? Um, you know, let us know. Um, you know what your guys' thoughts were. Uh, we did a little bit different of timeline things like that. Covered a little bit more topics uh, and things. So let us know what you think. Uh, any of the topics that you thought were interesting, please let us know. If you did enjoy the content, like, share, subscribe. Uh, we appreciate anyone out there listening to Aurora's opinions uh, that we voice here on the podcast. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you guys again. On Wednesday, uh, currently it is 78-77, just quick update, 78-77, Philadelphia 76ers, back and forth game, definitely a crazy game right now, Joel Embiid just got an offensive charge called on him, Um, so be an exciting game, Uh, it's going to be close, so hopefully you guys end up watching it and we'll see what happens, maybe we'll comment a little bit on it on Wednesday, but yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, like, share, subscribe. Really appreciate it. Uh, All the support on the channel is much appreciated. Uh, So, yeah, thank you. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday.